0: A uh, pastor mentioned today, he said he thought I might be preaching in a uh, rocker today, and I thought, well, that might be a good idea. I am a retired guy, you know. Uh, the only problem was I, c- I kind of need a cup holder and something to set my Bible on. I don't know. I- I'll have to work that out. Read This retirement thing's a lot harder than I thought. <clears throat> The, um, the assignment seems easy enough, but the more I read it, the more I think about it, the more I'm, I'm realizing there's a lot to it. And uh, it takes a lot of thought to, to um, come to the point of retirement. I know uh, uh, Sean and I went to a financial guy three or four times before we were like, okay... I think we can do it. I don't know. I think we'll do it. And then we, uh, we set off to try. Um, but there's a lot to think about in retirement. And this has uh, even gets me to the point of thinking, am I doing retirement right? Uh, am I doing all I should be doing? We are, of course, still in this idea of um, series of trying to be faithful to the end of trying to persevere in our faith um, and one of the hurdles that pastor put together i think we have like eight different things was retirement and some people kind of trip over that i'm just curious but i have feeling we have a lot of retirees in here do we just I. I just see hands all over the place. Um, We are well represented with retirees. And uh, glad to have you here. Well, I am first just going to uh, talk through this um, scripture that we have. And um, then uh, I'm going to talk more specifically about retirement. So, uh, this is an anonymous uh, psalm. Uh, We don't know who the author was, and we do not know the title of it. Um, I don't think they would have, I I gave a title to uh, my sermon of working through retirement. I don't think that would be the title to the psalm, but uh, maybe through one verse of it here. But uh, looking at this uh, five verses we got, I divided it in three parts. Uh, Proclaiming God's wondrous deeds and might, verses 17 and 18. Praising God, verse 19. And verses 20 and 21, I called the power of God to bring us down or raise us up. And of course, a shorter name might have been the sovereignty of God there. Um, So let me read these first uh, couple verses. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So, even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. We... um, we see him telling us here about how he was saved as a youth. Um, he's a longtime believer because now he's talking in this next verse about uh, old age and gray hairs, and uh, he doesn't want to be forsaken. So he must be thinking, I've got some issues. I've got some health issues. Please don't let me die, Lord. Uh, I am getting older. But um, how does God teach us from our youth? Uh, Obvious things, of course, uh, for us today would be through the church, through Sunday school teachers, through pastors, through uh, fellow uh, um, members of the church that teach us, and, of course, our Bible reading at home, our devotions at home. But uh, there's some interesting things, too, that uh, we don't always think about. But in 1 John 2.27, God, uh, God's anointing teaches you. So there we have the Holy Spirit helps you to understand. Um, Ezekiel 26.27, God will put His Spirit into us and cause us to walk in His statutes and obey His rules. It's uh, interesting to me how often our conscience, and I kind of wonder, is that the Holy Spirit or is that my conscience telling me I shouldn't be doing this? Or, yeah, I should do this. I should talk to this person. I should talk to that person. Um, So the Holy Spirit works to teach us um, from the time we become a believer. The author proclaims God's wondrous deeds and wants to continue even to old age. He wants to. So he's been proclaiming them, even from a young kid. I know, you know, I look back and I thought, I I bet some of those kids thought I was crazy. But when I became a Christian at a young age, I must have been 10 or 12 at most. Um... First thing I did on the school bus was tell my cousin on there, and I told a few other guys, and um, they kind of laughed at me. Uh, but um, but it's just so exciting when you become a Christian, and I hate if people that seem to lose that excitement—the uh, idea that all your sins are forgiven, that someday you'll get to go to heaven and see Jesus. Uh, That's a story to tell, and that's something we want to tell others. So, even to his old age, he wants to do that. I think it's interesting how he says um, to the next generation, I'm wondering, is he wanting to tell his kids, his grandkids, his great-grandkids? And what a joy that is to get those opportunities. Psalm 90, uh, verse 16, has a similar idea. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. That was uh, Moses talking. And um, so he wanted that story to be passed on to the kids, to the grandkids, I'm sure. Okay, the next little section, verse 19, praising God. God's righteousness reaches the high heavens. Wait, let me read it first. Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? Um, but God's righteousness, it says, reaches the high heavens. And um, <clears throat> I would think if it reached the high heavens now, it's still going up. We don't know how high his righteousness reaches. Uh, he has never done anything wrong, and he's existed Forever. He has no beginning, no end. He is so righteous that uh, it's kind of scary, isn't it, to think of standing before Him someday. And uh, thank the Lord for Jesus Christ, who has forgiven our sins, if we've believed in Him. So there's that contrast with us sinners. Um, Some days it's, You can't get through a minute. Some days you can't get through an hour. Some days you can't get through a day without sinning. And compare that to God's righteousness that just is building higher and higher forever and forever. But uh, he also says God's done great things, and surely he has. Um, We could list lots of things, among them being our own salvation if you're saved. Uh, but, uh, creation is, is just blows my mind, um, to see the world whenever you get away from the city and you can see, um, the greatness of the world and all of a sudden when you get away from the city lights, we like this, we got a little place down in southern Indiana, when you're away from city lights, all of a sudden there's about 10,000 more stars in the sky and, uh. It's a a beautiful thing to see, and uh, God has indeed done great things. And then it says, who is like our God? Can anybody answer that? Nobody, nobody. There is no other God, and uh, nobody like our God. He's superior to all obstacles, and I'm thinking of that hurdle of retirement. God alone is sufficient to save us. Psalm uh, 71, verses 20 and 21. You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. Now we kind of have a different look um, he was talking about all the great things God has done and now he talks about um, the calamities he has had, the troubles he's had and if he is an old man like we think he is he'd be very unusual if he hadn't had troubles um the older you get, I hate to tell you, the more pains and aches and health things. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, asking people because I had this terrible pain in the bottom of my foot. And, you know, you get something and you think, I'm the only one. And... uh Turns out it's plantar fasciitis, and as I talk to more people, there's virtually, there must be 80% of you have had plantar fasciitis at some point. Uh, But it's just one of those things that piles on. My wife had some, still has some eye issues. We started, again, talking to people at church to pray, and all of a sudden we're finding out there's, there's probably a dozen of you or more that have had, Something kind of like that with your eyes. And so um, as we get older, we definitely get health problems. uh, But we also get money problems, job problems, um, problems with our family. Uh, The problems can be endless at times. And uh, he seems to be here at one point. Some take this to mean the depths of the earth that maybe he had died and God's going to resurrect him. Well, we know God will resurrect us. But uh, this being a poem out of Psalms, we think that's more a, uh, a thing that is um, rhetorical. Um, depths of the earth is more the idea of I'm in a really bad place. Everything is bad around me, and uh, I need help. And so he expresses his trust that uh, God will revive him again from this state of the depths of the earth. He says, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me. (coughs) Oh, aren't allergies great? The um, I don't know about greatness. I don't have any greatness except that I know Jesus Christ, my Savior, and the God of the universe. So I don't know about increasing my greatness, but um, He is a comfort. And in all those times, if you go to Him in prayer, if you go to other Christians and... Uh, seek his comfort, uh, he will give you that. So we we see all those good things in this psalm. But um, as I told you, I am here to talk about retirement. Um, and hopefully a biblical view. Retirement really is a modern expectation. Um, we've all lived through this period of expecting There might be a retirement there for us someday. Um, But until the time of Social Security, when FDR was president, and no, I'm not that old, but um, when he created Social Security uh, during that time period, it gave a little bit of money each month to people who were 65 and older. And up to that point, that had never been done. And so people would live their life and they would work and they would work and they would work. And when they couldn't work physically anymore, uh, again, this is another reference for us older ones. It would be like the Waltons. Grandpa Walton moved in with his son and all the grandkids, or vice versa, I'm not sure which. And that was your retirement program, your family watched over you. (coughs) Thank goodness uh, John Boy had a lot of brothers and sisters to spread the work around. So uh, that was the retirement plan up till then. Today, most people will work till they're 65, if they're blessed enough to be able to work that long. And um, and then think about retirement. Um, and there's a lot to think about. Uh, taxes and... Um, You may be at the point in your career where you're making more than you ever made before. Do you really want to retire right now? Or would you like to earn that for a while? So a lot goes into that. Um, Can I do it? Should I do it? Um, And then on the other side are are the many people that will never have enough money to retire. Uh, Yes, they will get Social Security someday. (laughs) <laughs> I am sorry, just can't quit coughing but if a uh if they have uh, um, not worked in a situation that paid into social security, they wouldn't get that would they but um we know that uh Um, and then health can play into that they may uh, they may need to retire somehow before they get to Social Security uh, if they have health issues and uh, that can make it very difficult I'm telling you all that to tell you that retirement is a big deal Um, if you can make it if it all works the American way uh, it could be very good but um, it doesn't work for everybody, um, and uh, and then unfortunately, I always wonder if it's us having the good fortune of living longer than they used to. But unfortunately, if some kind of dementia or Alzheimer's comes in, that can just totally destroy uh, what what you had looked forward to. Well, anyway, over the years. Uh, it's kind of been glamorized in a way, this idea. I'll call it the American retirement. And um, in our minds as we work our 20, 30, 40, 50 years, uh, we're thinking, when I retire, no more work. When I retire, I'll be traveling, uh, cruising, long trips vacation, 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 hobbies, woodworking, collecting things, quilting, sewing, golf, pickleball, fishing, hunting, sitting in the Lazy Boy or the Rocker, and uh, rocking my day away, watching TV, unfortunately, or reading books. No one telling us what to do. And, and that is an American thing, too. We love that. We love not to be told what to do. So I don't know why that is. Everybody has somebody that will tell them what to do. My wife will tell me what to do if I don't know. Um, so, but, but some of the things that I, I have concern with are um, backing away from work at church. Uh, there may be a situation where your health just absolutely prevents that. Um, but uh, we hate to see you back away from work, uh, limiting our time with family things. Uh, some are like, I've done the family thing. I raised those kids. At 18, they were out. Now I'm retired. I, I'm going to Arizona, and uh, they need to figure it out. Um, I hope you don't do that. uh, Our kids should be very high on our list of priorities. And then, uh, you know, relaxing, slowing down, taking it easy, sleeping in. I do have to admit, when I retired, one of the first things, that first couple weeks, I tried to sleep in. I didn't know that after 37 years... I couldn't sleep in anymore it it just at you know by six o'clock my eyes are just wide awake and and I can't sleep in so that goes with that habit forming work um so the downside of American retirement I think at times it can be too much idleness uh, too much self-indulgence uh, not being responsible anymore, not having anything to be responsible for, ignoring your spiritual gifts. Uh, if you've always taught that Sunday school, guess what? That Doing that forced you to read the scriptures, forced you to study and be ready. And uh, I feel every one of our kids, Sunday school teachers, and our adult ones it's a calling, and you have a gift of God to do that kind of work. And I hate to see you let that uh, lay be laid aside and uh, uh, for you to lose that by ignoring it. Um, boredom for many. I'm always surprised, and, and there's probably some of you that would say that right now, uh, how many people say, well what do you do all day? And, uh, and my wife and I are like, we don't have to do, have time enough to do all the things we do every day since we retired. It is interesting how people are different. <clears throat> but if you're one of these that never does anything, or if you think that's your, where you want to be, <clears throat> I don't want to put this label on you, because I don't know what each of you do at home. But uh, I think of in Proverbs, there's a person called the sluggard. He's the lazy man. Uh, I love the little stories about him. Somebody should make cartoons of the sluggard. It talks uh, in one of the uh, Proverbs, it talks about the sluggard putting his hand in the bowl to get the food, and he just can't lift it up. He's just too tired. Um, It talks about the sluggard uh, going to bed and staying in bed all day. And he is like a door on a hinge. He lays on his stomach a while. Then he rolls over and lays on his back a while. And he goes back and forth all day and does nothing but lay in bed. And then this one's a classic. uh, The sluggard. People are wanting to go outside. Maybe they want him to go to the grocery store or the market. And um, uh, they, uh, he says, there's a lion in the street. There's a lion in the street. So he doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't go outside. Um, that's the sluggard. That's what we don't want you to be. So retirement from the church, it's not in the Bible. I hate to tell you. Um, <clears throat> Moses didn't retire until God said, come on up here, and uh, took him away. Uh, Paul didn't retire till he was executed. Uh, there's not a good retirement plan there for you. Uh, well, there's a wonderful retirement plan. It's called heaven. But God wants you to keep working and keep working for him. We, uh, we can retire from our secular jobs, if that's a wise decision. Each of you will have to make that on your own. But um, <clears throat> it is kind of like stopping in the middle of a war. You know, we are in a mighty war against Satan and all his followers. It's a spiritual war. And we, as God's followers are the ones that need to bring those people to Christ. We need to tell them the good news. And to stop in the middle of that battle, uh, the battle for the souls of men and women, is like treason or desertion. Um, you're running away from the battle. Ephesians six ten to 20, I won't read it, but I think you guys know it. It's the... Uh, whole armor of God, putting that on. And there again you have that image of the war we're in. And if you retire from church, you're dropping out of the war. God's war, God's holy war. Uh, I always liked, you know, as a young kid, I remember us singing I'm in the Lord's army and we'd fly around the room or we'd shoot guns when you used to be able to shoot guns. Um, But I love that that imagery that we're in God's uh, army. Luke 9.62 No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. That's kind of scary, isn't it? We don't need to be looking back. We've become a Christian. We're one of his workers. We're in his army. You don't get out of that until he retires you to heaven. Um, it's a great army to be in, though. So our mission, should you decide to accept it, here in Psalm 71:18, even to old age and gray hairs, O oh God, do not forsake me. And like I said, we we can't predict our health. We may have an idea. But um, if God doesn't forsake us, if He gives us that time, uh, we can proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Wouldn't that be great? Um, the uh, Christian must make reaching your family, your spouse, your Child, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, if you're so blessed. Your priority, not a self-indulgent retirement. They all need the Lord. This earth, right now, I I don't know. I bet there's more unsaved people in in the earth than there ever has been. There may be more people in the church than there ever has been. But with populations, there's so many lost. Just think of millions, maybe billions, heading off into an eternity in hell. Um, God needs you in his army. They say that after we retire, we will be blessed if we have 20 years to serve God. And that makes it sound so short when I hear it written down. But, um, you know... I'm in my uh, mid-60s now. 20 years, it'd be 85. Um, that doesn't sound very far away for me anymore. Um, we need to make the most of that time. Of course, that depends on the health God gives us. Paul looked at his time to serve God on earth as a race to be won. Our days are short. We are old, but we must keep moving. If we were playing basketball, we would say we're definitely in the fourth quarter. And uh, I would hate to lose now. Uh, the Lord has been with us this far. For us to turn away from Him would be horrible at this point. Don't look back. Romans thirteen eleven. salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. What a wonderful thought. Um, And if you've been a Christian for 10 or 20 or 40 or 50 years. Anybody been a Christian longer than 50 years? I have not. Well, there's three or four at least. Uh, Five? Amazing. Wouldn't you hate? You know, it'd be kind of like if you've been a teacher for 50 years And you weren't retiring, but they said, we're taking away all your seniority, you know. Um, You don't want to lose all that. And you have so much more experience with Christ than you maybe realize. Paul, we know, Acts 20, 24, Paul wanted to finish his course and ministry and... We who are past retirement age should look at our ministry in course. I'm not saying you're a pastor, but each of you has a ministry that God has given you. Your ministry may be that you have a neighbor that needs you. It may be your children. Um, Wife, it may be your husband. Husband, it may be your wife. Uh, but we all have a ministry that God has given us. And we want to finish that ministry right. We want to uh, make it to the end like Paul wants to. Try to get there. Try to make it. I, uh, I made this little list, just three, three of them. You could come up with tons of them. But examples of those that did not persevere in the Bible... And I know this guy isn't an old guy, but you can't help but think of Judas. Three years looking Jesus in the face. He heard every sermon Jesus ever did. He probably saw Jesus heal thousands of people. But uh, he turned away, didn't he, at that point? If anybody should have been saved, it would have been him. So, who wants to name their child Judas? Nobody, nobody wants to name their child Judas. Um, Maybe Satan would. Lot's wife, what a sad story. Uh, God tells Abraham he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, Abraham keeps bargaining with him and finally is able to get... uh, Uh, God to let him save it if there's just a few people there. And um, so he sends in, God sends in two angels to get him out. Um, It's a horrible scene of all the evil people trying to take advantage of these uh, angels and uh, Lot and his family. But eventually the angels get Lot and his family out of there. And... um, they're heading to a small town close by. And about that time, all this fire starts coming down from heaven, destroying the whole area. I, I don't know if it's true or not, but it seems like it might be that um, the Dead Sea could be where Sodom and Gomorrah used to, used to be. Um, but all this is coming down, and Lot's wife looks back. She was out. She was safe. But she looked back, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Guess what Lot's wife's name is? Lot's wife. We don't know her name. Who cares? She looked back. Uh, It's sad. It's so sad. They had two children, two daughters, and her husband, and she looked back. Eli the priest also had two sons. Um, He's the one that uh, you might say tutored or uh, um, took care of Samuel when uh, Samuel's mother brought him to the priest uh, because she was dedicating Samuel to the Lord. Well, Eli the priest did a good job with Samuel, but he didn't do a good job with his two sons. They were horrible. They were priests. They traveled around. They took advantage of the women. They stole stuff. They ate uh, food that was supposed to be sacrificed on the idol, on the idol, on the altar. And uh, so they were doing everything wrong. Eli the priest just sat around and ate all day. He was grossly overweight, apparently. So eventually God tells uh, Samuel, because God was talking to Samuel, uh, he says that Eli and his sons are going to die. And sure enough, um, in one day, the two sons were killed. And when they told uh, Eli about it, fat old Eli fell over in his chair and broke his neck. And he died too. In one day, all three were gone. We do not want to be those that look back or those that don't obey. We want to obey. Lot's wife, Judas, Eli, all looked righteous on the outside. We probably would have seen them in church every Sunday, um, just like you guys. But inside they were evil. They didn't persevere to the end. I hope that's not you. Um, Matthew twenty three twenty seven. Jesus. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. Wow. Jesus didn't hold back. Guess what, he still doesn't. He does not like those that turn back. And uh, he loves those that come to him. We, um, we saw those bad ones, there's good ones. A couple, I mean, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, we think um, of Timothy, and uh, his grandma was a Christian, his mom was a Christian, and Timothy became a Christian. That's what we'd like to see in your family. That's what I'd like to see in my family. Uh, has it always worked that way? Not not always. But uh, the battle's not over. I'm not buried yet. And I'm still fighting. And uh, I think the Holy Spirit still, still has time. Still has time. So... Um, but that's what we're after uh that kind of progression we saw that especially when we went to the uh um grandparenting conference so encouraging. I'm hoping to show a few of those in uh, uh Doug and Randy's class again like I did last year uh, the speakers were fabulous and um and good ideas about how to uh bring the gospel to your Offspring, um, Moses to Joshua. Here you have not a family, but just a leader to another leader. And um, Moses was at 120 years old when he finally passes the baton to uh, to Joshua. So um, he kept working, didn't he? He went a little past 65 and uh, kept on going. <clears throat> We have three minutes. I, uh, I have a couple things. Number one, I don't want to be the guy who ruins your retirement. I want your retirement to be great. Um, you definitely, at this time in your life, you should, if you're able to, do some of those things you weren't able to do before. And do them in your retirement and enjoy that. I... Um, I was thinking, uh, I might call it a two-bucket retirement. One bucket is that bucket list, those things you'd like to get done before you die, the things you always wanted to do when you worked, but you didn't have time or you didn't have money. And another bucket that might be your church bucket list. Those things you want to continue doing at your church or for your church, or for the people of your church. Those things you want to do at home uh, in reaching out to those family members that still are resisting the Lord. And uh, now, the last thing I thought we might do, and uh, this is up to you, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I thought this uh, of one name, easily I can say, But I think some of you might be able to shout out a name to me. I want them to be people that have gone home to the Lord. Uh, So we know they finished well. We saw it. And I thought of, um, so I'd like Heather Hills Baptist Church examples of elderly people who persevered. I thought of Pastor Bob. Oh, I love that man. But I have two, three, four, five, six, six more I wrote down just real quick. Do you guys have anybody that you think of that, that used to be here, that's in heaven now? Jack, yeah. Um, I don't want to wish him any bad, but I don't think George is far behind. Jack would always come up to me after I preached or got up front. And he'd tell me I should have had a suit on or he'd, <laughs> he'd tell me what I should have said and what I did wrong and God bless him. I, I always took it in a way that I knew he meant it for my best. I didn't always do what he said. I don't have the suit on today. I love that man. Chuck Wise, a wonderful man, is on the deacons with us, and uh, he was a leader, and uh, we all know his lovely wife, and uh, we're glad to have her here. Uh, yeah, Chuck was a good man. Bill Mooneyhan, yes, yeah, that's still a recent wound there, but uh, he was a wonderful man, faithful to what he was asked to do. Jerry Mosslander, yes. He liked to uh he liked to share about the Lord. He was not afraid of that. Jack, Jack Fiesel. Jack Fiesel, yeah, just a few years ago. Poor Emma. After that, now she has she has the cancer and she's battling well. I hope she can make it through that. Uh he was he was a wonderful Christian man. I'm just uh, I really miss him. Wilson, Bob Wilson. Bob Wilson. He was still on the deacon board when I first got on. Wonderful man, Doug's dad. If you don't know who who else you say over here? Bill. Oh, Mooneyhan. They said that over there too. So we're all thinking about Bill. Bob, Shepard. Bob Shepard. I don't know him. Is anybody wanna tell me anything about him? Oh, okay. back before he even started working. Yes. There you go. Wow. That's interesting. Okay, we probably better wrap up. I um I would love to talk to you about if you feel like you need to make a change of course. Whether that's retirement, I am not a retirement counselor, but um, I do have some experience now, a little bit, and I'll warn you to be careful. Whether you would like to uh, talk about what you can still do after you've retired, um... I know that we have some older ones that are working out at our mom house. We have older ones really doing an awful lot of our teaching in the church. Um, but we have room for more. So uh, if, if that pulls you in any. Uh, anyway, I'm going to pray for us. So if the uh, praise band wants to make their way up, And I will stand over there. And if if any of you just want to talk about that a little, I'd love to. Heavenly Father, we do thank you. You are just such a great God. We just think of those piles and piles of righteousness stacked up to high heaven. You are so great. You are so wonderful. You are so beyond what we can imagine for ourselves And we are so grateful that you have looked down on us with pity. And you sent your son Jesus. Jesus, you lived a perfect life without a sin. I can't go a day without it. Uh, But you did a perfect life. Yet you were killed, not for anything you'd ever done wrong. But for my sin and our sin on the cross. God, if if anybody here has not trusted in you as their Savior, we pray they would today. And Lord, I pray that those who have retired and are thinking, I'm getting a little bored here. I'm not doing much. Um, help them to rethink that. Help them to look for something to do. And help us to move them to the right spot. We pray these things.